All right, it's good to have you with us today. It, it is amazing, um, as I was off sabbatical, all the folks who helped remodel the bathrooms were, that's just phenomenal. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you so much. And uh, yes, yes, praise God. And uh, and then we had uh, Patrick out mowing and uh, mowing the fields and whatnot. So it, it's just been a, a tremendous blessing to come back and see so many things accomplished. And uh, this is my second Sunday back, so I've uh, I've really appreciated the break and the rest. And uh, I'm learning to uh, take that day of rest uh, every week or at least a, a segment of rest uh, at some point in my week besides just running 90 mile an hour. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for what God has done uh, through the years through the car show. And uh, those who have worked the car show in the past, you kind of know uh, what what is happening. For some of you, it's brand new. And uh, just talk with us and we'll share with you how you can uh, do ministry on the day of the car show. It's going to be a great opportunity. This Thursday is another opportunity for us to go across the street to Freedom Markley and help teachers set up their rooms. And thank you so much for those who have prayed for the school and those who have supported, given finances to help offset the cost uh, for that ministry. Touching lives. Knowing God, loving people, hope revealed. That is the key to this church, is knowing God. And we get to know God through the Word of God, loving people. We love people only because the Word of God encourages us to love people. The Word of God motivates us. The Word of God gives us the ability to love whenever we don't feel like loving. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit. The hope that's revealed is that when we love people and they see Jesus in us, Jesus being the center of our heart, and, and that is the key building friends, building friends. And so in the process of, of loving people, we, we must build friendships. And how do you build friendships? Friendships are built by common denominators. If there's something in common, and that's the beauty of the car show. How many of you have rode a horse and buggy this morning, church this morning? <laughs> Not too many of you. I'd be thrilled to put up a, a hitching post out front and allow people to come and hook up their horse. Uh, it's just the gasoline that spills on the parking lot from the horse is the problem. <laughs> just a slight problem with yeah. that. And uh, But I, I've been around Amish folk all my life. I grew up in Ohio, Eastern Ohio, and so the Amish were over in Pennsylvania. And, and uh, come to Missouri, we have Amish folk here. And so I uh, appreciate the horse and buggy but uh, the car show, it gives us a common grounds of, of talking about that car, your car, gives you common ground to, to bless people, to become friends with them. And uh, that is how we bring people to Christ is by befriending them and, and letting them know that, that God is the center of our life. Knowing God, loving people, hope revealed. And so make a friend and uh, because friends beget friends. Maybe this friend knows another friend, knows another friend. And pretty soon you have several friends that are in a group, and it's wonderful to lead that group to, to, to the church house and, and continue to grow in Christ uh, throughout the entire year. So it's exciting. My message today is, is giving life. Giving life. 
It comes out of Romans chapter 8. And it's, uh, God gives us life. And in life, we're knowing God, loving people, hope revealed. It, that is the giving process of life. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. And it reads, And if the Spirit of Him, and if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. If, that's the big word, if. If it's going to happen, if it's going to happen. If, if, it, if, if we do this, then we can do that. If, the big word, if. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, if the spirit, the power of God's presence in you and the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. God is a God of giving of life. He gives life in every situation. He is a phenomenal God. He gives, he gives, and he gives. And if the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, if he's present in you, then living in you it is the process that, that he who raised Christ from the dead being in the tomb on that third day, coming out of that tomb, that same spirit that brought Christ out dwells in our hearts. And when the presence and the power of God lives in us, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life. The Holy Spirit will give us life. And of course, we also know that John, it says life more abundantly. Life more abundantly. And so the power and the grace of our God and the power of the grace of our God comes through that basic concept who raised Christ from the dead also gives life to your mortal body. Our bodies are going to die at some point. Right. That's right. We're in that process. Some of us a little closer than others, but you know, that's, that's, uh, that's God's day because God says your days are ordained by me. God ordains our days. Now, we can speed that up at about 102 on the interstate, weaving through traffic. <laughs> my, my, my. I, sometimes when I see it happening, I say, God, help him be safe. God, help him get where they need to go. Amen. And sometimes it's just Tom Foolery, and other times it's <laughs> a serious situation. But more often than not, uh, it's just blowing the cobwebs out of their carburetor. And it causes problems when it happens. But the process is, is that the Holy Spirit gives life. And our mortal bodies are our temple of the Holy Spirit. Did you hear what I said? Our mortal bodies is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit comes in and begins to live in this temple. And the Holy Spirit begins to live in this temple. The Holy Spirit begins to speak from the heart to the mind. From the heart to the mind. And, and we begin to live because God gave us life through his son, Jesus. So our mortal bodies, because of his spirit who lives in you, God quickens us or brings us life or gives us life because of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. 
raised. Jesus was raised. Jesus was raised. Now, it's so important that we recognize the fact that, that it wasn't just something that took place in history. It was something that was monumental. It never happened, well, it happened earlier in the Old Testament occasionally, but it, it wasn't uh, anything like this particular raising of the dead. And Acts chapter 2 and verse 24, Jesus was raised. Jesus was raised, chapter 2 and verse 24. So exciting to, to be in the word of God. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep hold on him. Amen. God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep hold on him. That was the awesome time of God's resurrection power being demonstrated in his son. And it, it is exciting to see, but God raised him from the dead. Jesus was raised. And if Jesus was raised, you can be raised. In your situation, in your situation, wherever you're going through, at home, at work, at leisure, God said, I can raise you up. I can empower you. He, he raised up Jesus. He can raise up you. And it's that process of just of allowing the presence and the power of God Almighty to come and let you be raised. Jesus was raised. No question about it. His powerful declaration, he was raised. And throughout all the scripture, and you see that, that whole concept of, of Jesus being raised. In John chapter 5, in verse 21, I don't have it on the screen, but John chapter 5, and verse 21. I got this little nugget. For just as the Father raised the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he pleases to give it. God the Father, God the Son, the co cooperation of the two, they're inseparable. They're inseparable. It is exciting to know that God is the provider and that God is the one. God is the Father in a very unique way. In verse 21, just as the Father raises the dead and gives life, even so the Son gives life to whom he pleases to give it. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Jesus was sent to us. Next verse, 24. I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Crossed over from death to life. Some major declarations here. Major declarations is that God is the Father and he has in the process of redemption of life. And he puts that in the hands of his son. And we also see that he maintains unity. There's unity between the son. Other scripture verses say that Jesus only did what the father instructed him to do. And there was that time where Jesus got that communion. Uh, he was, he has the power to give life and to raise the dead. That, that was transferred from God the father into the Son. 
and he has the right to judge all people. Jesus is the judge of all people, and he has the right of divine honor. Open the scriptures this morning about raising both hands in worship in the temple. And, and when we come into God's presence, we're worshiping him, him. And the Holy Spirit lives within us, inside us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so it empowers us to be praisers. We can't praise God. We can't raise our hand in our own power. It, it gets boring after a while. But the Holy Spirit begins to move in our hearts when we begin to praise him. And it's not boring. It becomes life. It becomes exciting. It becomes wonderful. He's, he is the right to divine honor. Jesus has the right of divine honor. And so we raise our hands to give him honor. And he has the power to give eternal life. Forever, forever. Eternal life. We have this privilege. We have this promise that's been given to us to have eternal life. I'm going to heaven someday. Amen? Amen. I'm going to heaven because Jesus has paid the price that I have this eternal, everlasting life going to take place in my life. Jesus the resurrected Jesus, empowered by the Father, has in turn lived within our hearts, sent us the Holy Spirit to empower us. Jesus was raised for a purpose and a plan. And that purpose and that plan was to help raise us. My next point is, we are raised. We are raised. It is... How do you get raised? You get on a ladder and you raise yourself up. How do you get a raise at work? You work hard. You you interact with with H and R H. You know the uh, department that writes your checks, and uh, you 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 do all of that process of doing everything you can to get that raise. How do you get a raise with God? We are raised by humbly admitting our need of Him. And in the declaration, we are raised because we desire to be raised. Amen. How do you, how do you, you know, after you've worked that probationary time, you begin to say, I, I got that raise coming. I, I want to work towards that. I want to do whatever it takes to get me into that next level of, of finances. And it's that process of, of being raised. We are raised by Christ. We are raised because we have a plan and a purpose to get raised. We do whatever it takes to allow ourselves to be raised. And, and it's that process of Colossians chapter 3 of being raised. Colossians chapter 3, being raised. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Christ has lifted you up. Set your hearts on things above. Set your hearts. Let's take a moment and look at the heart. Since you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on the things above. Your heart is the center. Where's the heart of town? In the center. It's in the center. Where's the, the heart of, of, of your body? It's in the center of your body, if you would. The heart is 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 an amazing thing how it works, and in the heart of town, the, you have the the business district. You have things that's going on there, and it's it's exciting. And so we set our hearts on the things of God. Since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts. 
some people miss God by knowing God, but it's up here and it's missed here. Someone says it's like 16 to 18 inches from your brain, top of your brain to the bottom of your heart. And they miss God by that many inches because it's here, but it's not here. The center of your heart. The center of your heart. Since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts, your emotions, your feelings on things above. Set your heart. Get involved in setting your heart. Sometimes people say, well, you know, I, I, the clock is the center of my life. I, it dictates to me what I'm going to do, what I'm not going to do. The heart, setting our heart on God. Setting our heart on God, our, our emotions. The heart is so important. It's through those feelings and the emotions that we have for God. How much do you love that person? With all of my heart. And so the heart is a very, a very big issue. I set my heart on buying that car. I set my heart on, on, on doing this. I set my heart on that. And it's the process of the heart being focused on the center above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God the Father. Set your minds on the things above. So now this scripture talks about the two concepts, our heart and our mind. It's so important that we recognize that God cares about every part of our body, every part of our life. He's all about it. And it's, the, it's, it's entering into his presence. Set your minds on things above. That means to focus habitually, to set your mind, the empowerment of the mind. God wants to empower you to live for him, not only in your heart, but in your mind. To allow the heavenly things to be predominant in your mind. For you died and your life is not hidden, is now hidden with Christ in God. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Hallelujah. Hide and seek. Mm -hmm. Hide and seek. You go hide somewhere and then someone goes to seek where you're at. So when we, when we recognize the fact that we're hidden with Christ in God, it's God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For you die in your life is now hidden with Christ. We're, we're, in, we're encapsulated, if you would. We're in the same capsule. God living with us. We're empowered. You, you take a... Take an eggshell, if you would, and put yourself inside of that and, and, and put, your, put Christ in there with you. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ Jesus, with Christ Jesus in God. And so it is that process of our carnal flesh dying out. Our carnal flesh dying out and the presence of God encapsulating us. All to realize that is, the, the glory is God living in our capsule, if you would, and us living in his capsule, if you would, to where we're hidden in Christ. The power of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit dispels darkness. The power of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit dispels darkness and pushes back the forces of the enemy that wants to distract 
our mind. The devil wants to come and give us negative thoughts. And we continue to repeat the negative thoughts. Our life begins. When you keep repeating negative thoughts and allowing those negative thoughts to overpower you, your life begins to flow into negativity. But yes. when you speak positive words and speak positively, that God is going to turn things around. Amen. God is going to empower them. There's a new beginning. Every day there's a new beginning. God has a plan and a purpose. And every day, God can turn things around. When our minds are going the wrong direction, we need to stop and say, God, my mind is thinking about how I'm going to solve this. And I need to be thinking, God, how are you going to solve right. this? God, how are you going to provide for me? And so it's that thought process that we say, God, you are the source and life of everything I need. There's nothing, there is nothing that I have need of, God, that you don't know about. And so it's that process of, of allowing the thoughts. God is going to help me live. God is going to help me solve this problem. And God is going to empower me because I'm hidden with Christ. Now, what's that mean? That means that Christ is the author of life. That means that Jesus Christ is the one who provides. That means Jesus Christ is the one who sends the Holy Spirit into our vessel. That means that the Holy Spirit and the power of Christ being hidden in Christ means that the world is out there, but it does not have to penetrate our heart because our temple is full of the Holy Spirit. Our temple living inside of us, Jesus. We're hidden with Jesus. Jesus resurrected. Jesus spoke tremendous words of wisdom to mankind. Jesus walked the face of the earth. He loved people beyond measure. Hanging on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. For you die, and your life is now hidden in Christ, the old man. When you used to cuss and swear, now you're giving God praise. Amen. That is just the old life being transformed. When you used to hate authority and God changes your heart and you begin to pray for authority and then God gives you a love for authority. And, and that you say, Pastor, that, that's kind of crazy. No, there are, are people that have been abused by authority and they get angry at authority and they keep that anger going. If you keep feeding anger, what are you going to have in life? Anger. You keep feeding the negative side of life. You keep feeding that anger and it will grow and it will cause you to hate and be angry with other people. And so it's that process of being hidden with Christ. Hidden with Christ because Christ is a God of love. Christ is a God of patience. He was so patient. He was so kind. The disciples were, were doing crowd control. And children, were, parents were bringing their children saying, let Jesus touch the children. And the disciples say, he don't have time to message your child. He's got big adult people he has to minister to. And, and, and you, you're not important. We, we don't care about these children. We just want Jesus to be able. And the disciples were dwelling with their mind rather than comprehending. And when Jesus saw the children, he said, bring them unto me. And he blessed them. And so there is not a person on the face of the earth that Jesus doesn't want to touch. There's not a person on the face of the earth that Jesus doesn't want to reach out and love on. And, and we walk in the fact that we are hidden in Christ. Hidden in Christ. Anything that's going on in our life is Christ is with us when we're hidden with him. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. There is a time that Jesus is going to appear in the clouds. 
Yes. And so it's important that we recognize we're being hidden in Christ at this present time in our life because our carnal flesh is dying out. Our will to do what we want to do, when we want to do it, where we want to do it, is dissolving. And we're looking to the sky for Jesus' return. Jesus is returning, and we need to be ready for that return. And so how do you get ready? You get ready by reading the Word. You get ready by realizing that we are raised because Jesus is getting ready to raise us up from this earth. There's going to be a rapture of the church at the end times. And that's what we believe as assemblies of God folk. We believe in, in pre-trib. We will be raptured before the tribulation. Someone said, well, what do you do if you, if you, if you think you're wrong? Well, I, I just believe in panning out. I just believe that I, if you just love Jesus, it'll all pan out. <laughs> yep. If you just love Jesus, it'll all pan out. He will give you a way of escape. Oh, he will give you protection. So living in Jesus, living and being hidden in Jesus. And when Jesus, who is your life, appears, you also will appear with him in glory. So when he comes in the sky and he raptures the body of Christ out, we'll be with him in glory. The glorious power of God. And that glory wants to be manifested in our lives as we give God the praise, as we worship Him in spirit and in truth, as we allow the Holy Spirit. God wants to empower us and lift us up, hidden in Christ. That is so, so vital, so important. And so Jesus was raised. We are raised by being hidden in Christ. And family and friends are raised. Family and friends are raised. How do we see family and friends raised? It's, we go back and look at what Jesus did and how that the powerful, magnificent work that took place in his life. Friends and family. We have a lot of stores that want to sell friends and family. Give you a discount for friends and family. And we want to recognize the fact that the family unit is very important. Friends are very important. They, they help guide our lives. They help speak to our hearts. They, they empower us to, to continue to live for God. In Matthew chapter 8 and verse 15, he touched her hand. He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she got up and began to wait on him. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was a fulfillment what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. Family and friends. Jesus comes to Peter's house. And Peter says, my mother-in-law is sick. She has a fever. She's very sick. And, and Jesus walks over to her and literally prays. And she is raised. She is raised from that bed. And she goes on to minister to provide for them. 
The fever left her and she got up. She was raised and began to wait on them. She became a servant. Notice that fevers, what do fevers do? They, they, they tear you down. They tear down your immune system and they make you weak. They make you uh, not willing to work. Here she is delivered from the fever, but not just delivered from the fever, but she's empowered to be a servant to minister to those who are there. She began to wait on them. So God has the ability to not only heal her body, but to give us supernatural strength to do ministry and to love people and to help them. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and began to wait on them. God wants to do great and mighty things for friends and family. Peter's family was changed forever because of that. And it's so important that we recognize the fact that God is still doing tremendous things in people's lives. He wants to do that in our lives. He wants to empower us in the greatness of our God, the greatness of our God. What, what fever do you need relief from? <laughs> how do you need to be raised, uh, family and friends? And, and how, how do they need to be raised? In Luke chapter 18, uh, and I close with this, Luke chapter 18, verse 35. And Jesus approached Jericho. A blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he saw the crowd going, he asked what was happening, and they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Those who were led by the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted out all the more. You see, those traveling along wanted to keep peace and keep Jesus flowing through through the, the territory, if you would. Son of David, have mercy upon me. Jesus stopped, ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus said, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Lord, I want to see. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight, and your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed him. Praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Praising the Lord. Family and friends being raised. This blind man came out to his feet, brought him to Jesus, and he was able to see. And it affected not only his life forever, but it affected those who were amazed at the power of God. And I want to encourage you, God is a powerful God, powerful God. And just because the story's there doesn't mean it's a story. It means that it's a reality. God desires to bring healing. God desires to bring strength. God desires to bring empowerment. God desires to bring peace as we allow the power of the Holy Spirit to take the Word of God and penetrate our heart and our mind. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you. We are empowered by the spirit. And God is God of touch. He has touched you. He wants to continue to touch you. He continues to empower you. And it's the process of us keeping our our mind in our heart our heart where the, the emotions where the determination comes from and the mind where you have that habitual filling it with the things of God so that your mind speaks to your heart we're going to get up and do this today and your mind begins to take uh, uh, empowerment 
from the heart to the mind to the soul to the body. It is the God made us all the same way. He wants to minister to us spiritually. He wants to minister to us emotionally. He wants to minister to us physically. That's the power of the resurrected Christ. Amen? Amen. The resurrected Christ. Stand to your feet this morning. As we go to prayer, uh, I just am grateful for the healing virtue of God. And we ask that the power of the Holy Spirit would just flow. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can be raised because your son Jesus was raised. And Lord, we speak healing, we speak faith, we speak hope, we speak peace into the hearts of those who hear this message today and those here today, God, that you would just minister deep into the inner heart. For God, you've given us these bodies for a period of time and it's our desire to bring worship and honor to you. As we raise our hands, we we surrender to you, but also we give you the honor because God, you poured healing into your son's life and you want that to happen in our lives. And so God, we just thank you for what you have done and what you're going to do. As we come around these altars today and we pray and we seek the face of God, Lord, we ask that you would just empower strength and empower joy empower peace into the hearts of your people this day. Thank you, Lord, for doing a great work in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Those of you who are